Peace, peace. Greetings and welcome to another special episode of Out the Box Talks. I'm your host, Krill. We have reached episode 46. Another moment of dope interview that I'm just happy to be continuing. You know, I want to definitely shout out to all of the people who have been tuning in on a regular basis, even if you haven't been checking out every show every week, like for people who rock with us on a regular, I just want to thank them, you know, for, you know, whether you listen on Spotify or Apple podcasts or Google, wherever you listen, you know, thank you for tuning in. Definitely check out our website, outtheboxmedia.com. So, uh, you know, you can keep updated with all of the new Stuff happening with Out the Box Talks. We also have a t-shirt merch site up. It's outtheboxmedia.bigcartel.com. So definitely go follow that. You know, check it out. You know, we got some Out the Box Media tees in black and white. I got some other colors coming as well for some other themes. But we also got the um, MC over rapper t-shirts. So go, you know, check that out. And, you know, support the movement, you know. So... Like I said, man, episode 46, brand new show, another interview with another dope artist. You know how we do. We like to bring the talent, the MCs that are saying something in their lyrics and that have always been saying something in their lyrics. You know, like that, that's another thing. It's like we, we like to give recognition to those that's, that's always been representing, you know. And, and also those who are new to this, you know. But this brother is definitely not somebody that's new to this. As you like to say, he's not new to this. He's true to this, right? So um, I want to welcome to the Out the Box Talks listening audience an MC hailing from Pittsburgh. He also is a member of the hip-hop group known as Lone Catalyst with uh, Jay Rawls. He put out a brand-new album, not too long ago, I want to say it's been like a month or so that we've gotten this release. Uh, it's called Vote for Biden or You Ain't Black. Pretty interesting title, right? A lot of um, thought-provoking commentary to, to come with this project, as you can tell by the title. And then uh, last year, he released a project called The Black Revolution, in 2019 so we're going to talk to him about these two projects and just get a some insight about his career so you know folks that don't know about his history get an idea all right so without further ado i would like to welcome to our out the box talks listening audience brother hailing from the city of pittsburgh the homie jay sands welcome yeah here I am. Here I am. Yeah, make some noise. Make some noise. <laughs> What's good, Jay Sands? How are you, brother? Maintain it. Maintain it, man. Thanks, thanks for making time for me today, man. Appreciate that. Welcome to the show, man. Like I said, man, I've, you know, I've been hearing about you. You know, it's like, you know, those names, you know, you just kind of hear it in the underground. My ear's been kind of plugged to the underground for, for, for quite some time. And I just feel like, it was only a matter of time that I was going to get you on the show and we was going to build and, and just talk about, you know, some really interesting things that you 
you know, you stand for in your music. So, again, <laughs> welcome. How are you? How is life? You know, <laughs> man, I'm blessed, brother. You know, I'm, I'm a family man, you know, married with children like Al Bundy. So everybody's safe under my house. Family safe. Nobody uh, close to me has caught that bug. You know what I mean? So right. uh, just surviving, man, trying to survive the struggle right now. It's a struggle. and We're just trying to survive. But blessings have been have have been have have come by the ton. So no complaints, fam, at all. How, how about you? How about you? Man, I'm good, man. I'm I'm I've been I've been a, lo- a little bit busy lately with the show and just trying to balance yeah. my time with everything, but outside of that I'm good, man. Like um I'm I'm happy to be mm-hmm. just breathing and 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 moving forward yeah. every day, you know. Yeah, cuz yeah. you're up in you're up in New York, right? Yes, yes, based in New York. Yeah, man. yeah, 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 that's the Hornets nest. So, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. And know, y'all right? got spikes every every now and then, so I I, yeah. I I keep I keep my finger on the pulse of what's going on with this COVID stuff, and right. uh, yeah, New York, New York is definitely yeah yeah it's a hot spot even when it's not yeah even when it's not hot it's hot you know what I'm saying? yeah this this is this as they say this is the city that never sleeps you know um mm-hmm. and it's interesting now because you know <laughs> that seems like it's changing a little bit you know <laughs> like you know I'm sure if you go to Times Square right now it ain't like it usually was, yeah. you know, like it's, it's yeah, things, yeah. Like, a lot well, has changed. I tell you what, if, it, if your life is on the line, you you might not go to Times Square. You know what I mean? So it's just that I, I think the world is changing. I mean, people, more people are working at from home more than ever. So that's something that companies have never thought of. That hey, I don't have to have a big office building. I can have my people working from home. So yeah. a lot of different things are developing it in, in this culture, uh, and uh, people people are. are are basically guessing it on the fly you know nobody can predict what's happening so it's going to be a lot of mistakes but the thing about these mistakes man is that usually it's going to be people's lives or pe- people's livelihoods that, mm. that are going to be lost uh, that's real what, what mistakes dealing with this in these times that's real so yeah. sans i want to give our listening audience an opportunity to kind of know about your story like you know so all right you know, give give the, the the listeners out there an idea of like how this whole hip hop journey started for you. Like, what started Definitely. this process of uh, you picking up a mic? It started from me just just be you know b boy back in like. 83, 84, 85, you know, like that. You know, we was breaking. Breaking was was probably harder than rapping ever was back then you know what i mean like you wanted to be like the dudes on b street or turbo you know what i mean on breaking you feel what i'm saying those were the stars uh more than the rappers uh, or equal equal as the rappers so you know it was the dancing that got me involved you know and then eventually i could say some rhymes off the top of my head and then we're talking like seventh grade, you know, sixth grade. I could say rhymes off the top of my head, and they actually rhyme. I wasn't probably care of fun, but I was a kid that could like, like I was the only one in the lunchroom that could actually like go like five minutes, you know, or two minutes or whatever. And uh, so it just was something that I did. Never, never thought that I would be doing it at the age of forty-eight. Uh, I, I was heavily I, I, I rap, but that was the reason I didn't take rap too serious because I was in the sports coming up, you know, uh, played sports in high school and college. And my dream, I, I wanted to be a school teacher or a professional baseball player. You feel what I'm saying? So uh, none of that worked out, but uh, it's just, uh, you know, hip hop was something that I just, you know, was just part of 
the culture, you know, I, I was arguing on Twitter with, you know, not arguing, but trying to school the young people on Twitter, you know, just letting them know that, you know, I come from watching the flower grow and bloom, you know, as far as the beginning and development stages of the culture and whatnot. And that uh, you, you basically didn't have to have a record out to uh, be considered uh, a, a nice MC or, or somebody like some of, some of, some of the, the, the greatest MCs that I've seen in my life have never put out a record. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, if I, I, you, you go from uh, junior high to high school. High school, I, w- I was rapping probably a little bit better than I was in junior high. I probably started, I can imagine, in high school writing my raps. Like, I can, Im- I can remember writing raps in study hall and in class in high school. Uh, you got to, if you had a battle after high school, you had to write your rhyme like last period before you go battle the dude after school or whatever. I remember that time vividly. And then in college, uh, I get to college, I start meeting more technical dudes, dudes that had four tracks, dudes that had eight tracks. I've never experienced that in my life. I mean, I think the first time I heard myself rhyme, it was over a gangstar instrumental where I put two boxes up to each other. One box played the instrumental and the other box was pressed on record and you just rapped. And that's wow. how I first really heard myself rap. And then, uh, I still, then like I said, I started meeting these dudes with four tracks. And uh, one of the dudes was Jay Rawls. Uh, and this was at University of Cincinnati. And we just started making four track demos. This was back when uh, let's say 1994, 95, I'm going to college and, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to Jay Rawls house, uh, to make demos I'm, I'm hanging with mood and quality and high tech uh watching them make demos and watching the moves they make still not really thinking that hey i'm going to be doing this but i just knew that okay i felt that i was nice like them like okay my, uh, they got skill i got skill too so it developed after college into an opportunity to get a deal with nervous records I, again i was Going to New- I remember the first time I went to New York and a few times afterwards, but I was just going to New York to hang out. I knew I had demos. I knew I was a, a rapper or MC or whatever you will call it at that time, but I had a job at that time as well. And, and I, you know, a very important job. I, I was manager of a company at that time, so it was a very important job. So still, I'm thinking I won't do this job, but boom. Nervous Record gives us a deal. Hip Hop Independence Day in 1997. Mm. Took that advance advance money. And uh, again, I was working for a black-owned company at that time. Small black-owned company in Pittsburgh at that time. And once once it kind of looked like I was getting into this industry, as owner of that company said, man, you need to go ahead and sit down with an accountant and start an LLC. So that's what happened. I took the advance money from Nervous, 500 bucks, hired an accountant, and I have an LLC that I still use today. Wow. And uh, actually, I use, I use it for more than music. You know what I mean? Same, same tax ID, all that stuff. You know what I mean? So, uh, like I tell dudes, man, I've been writing 1099s since 96, 97, 90. You know, I've been writing 1099s for a long time. You feel me? And, so, you uh, was really independent so, before independent oh, oh, became yeah. a thing. <laughs> well, 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 yeah, well, 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 the thing about it is, is, is that... It, it, Back then, all my friends uh, were signed to labels. Move was signed to Blunt Records with Mike Geronimo, World Flush, uh, Cash Money, Click, Jar Rule, and all them. You know what I mean? Quali was signed to Rockets. Uh, you know what they were doing over there. So it was at that time where I didn't want to have a label. 
I wanted to get a deal like them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I don't want to write late. This is too much work. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want to just be a rapper. So uh, the 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 ownership of a label really wasn't out of desire. It was more out of necessity. Like, okay, I can't get a deal with Ruckus. Ruckus don't want to sign me. Fabies don't want to sign me. So-and-so don't want to sign me. I mean, I've been denied so many times in my career wow. about uh, labels that, nah, we want to sign you, but nah, we can't sign you, man. You guys use too many samples or whatever, whatever excuse. I've heard of excuse in a book but basically that was the curse that turned out to be a gift you know later in life as i look back you know last 20 years but back then brother i i, I had fits because i couldn't get a record deal a major label record deal you know i, mean, I got one-offs and uh and uh and deals like that but i'm not I like getting signed to mca or getting signed loud or getting signed you know that's what i wanted but it never materialized but one thing that happened was I always had the distro connects. I had the big daddy connect. I had the land speed connect. I had the, it, there's tons of distributors that I right. dealt with and, and having that connect, pressing up my own vinyl. And then, and then also we did P and D deals with, with uh, we did P and D deals with buds. And, and so, so it was just, uh, back then the, the, the vinyl game was vibrant where you were getting nice advances yeah. and things of that nature. So a, a label could survive. Like, like, again, I, Seven. I didn't put out my first deal. Two thousand and one. So for four years, we just slung vinyl, you know, oh. and that was enough. That was enough, you know. And but but we knew that CDs was you know back then CD the profit margin was just so crazy that you had to go that route. So eventually went that route and saw saw the money in advances pile up on that as well. So wow. During that time, yeah, yeah. During that time, having a distro you know, connect is is like is like is a big deal. You know what I mean? People don't think about how, yeah. how important, like if you, if you could, if you as a independent artist could, could, could build your own relationship with distribution yeah. companies. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know how much it makes sense now. Not everything is so digital. Maybe for vinyl, it makes a lot of sense, yeah. but like, I know before well, with well, CDs, it, it was it, like... It made the most sense. It's, it's just the fact that you don't think that you can do it. It's just like, again, you come into it where you just want to be an artist. You don't want to be on the phone talking about invoices, talking about right. uh, purchase orders, talk, uh, having to go to the post office to mail out a thousand copies and having a budget for that and doing posters. So, so there's administration side to it that a lot of people don't want to do. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, that, that, that could be, and, and that was something, again... Uh, I was working, so and, and I, I, it was no problem for me to do spreadsheets and 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 do and, and, and read statements and, and and work with accountants. That was I was doing that already with my day job. So reading contracts, so it was nothing to jump into the music game. Although I did hire, I do still hire attorneys. I can read a contract, but guess what? I still hire attorney. You know, mm-hmm. when when the, when the money's there to do it. You know, if the money's not there, you can read that damn thing yourself. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Tell me how Lone Catalyst came to be, like that, just the formation okay, exactly. of you working uh, with uh, uh, A dude I went to high school with in Columbus, Ohio, my man, Aletha Waugh. I was already in college at this time, I believe, and he was telling me that his younger brother, Lonnie, who was like a year, two years younger than us, had some friends that uh, were making beats or whatever, and go check him out. So 
this was me, me and Jay Rawls were both going to the University of Cincinnati, but we didn't know each other at that time. So we had, but we both lived in Columbus during that time as well. My mom lived there and his parents lived there. So I go back for Christmas break and that's when I meet, I don't meet him in Cincinnati. I meet him in Columbus mm. and then, Oh, you go to Cincinnati? All right, well, let's get back to school, man. We're going to start hooking up, man. We'll do some joints. You know what I mean? So that's what happened. And it just, uh, again, it, it just started as, I, I believe that at that point, I was just thinking about being a solo MC. Like, like, like I, I, there wasn't any idea of being a group. It was just, this is the only person that I know that has a four track and I can record and make songs. And he probably was like, yo, this is a person that can make good songs and I need, I make beats. I need somebody to rap on them. So it just kind of worked out like that. And again, we were, uh, we were in the, when we were doing this, we were in the midst of, like like the whole crew you're playing demos like quality and tech will play a song you be like oh man no way we're gonna make nothing like that and then move will play a song oh man we ain't making and then we you know so it was it was just a lot of fire there's a lot of artists those those now uh, a lot of people were there you know what i mean and everybody would play their demos and you just wanted to have your stuff sounding like 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 the crowds and the crowds were sounding like the dudes that we was hearing from new york uh, so that that was the thing is that when i started hanging around dudes whose stuff started sounding like the dudes that i was bumping like okay because i've heard beats before but I'm not hearing beats like Diamond D. Like I just brought Diamond D's cape, but mm-hmm. your beats don't sound nothing like that. Your beats sound, you know what I mean? So to find people who were making authentic hip hop, right. well, you know, that that was a, a great time because you're actually like, but I say looking for the perfect beat. You're searching for that your whole life to find tribal or, 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 or members that, that, that like-minded individuals that do what you do. So, Okay, cool. Me and Jason are making uh, songs, and then again, he's a couple years younger than me, so I leave Cincinnati, but he's still in college. But no matter, I'm in Pittsburgh. I'm driving back to Cincinnati. We're still making demos, still making demos. Oh, okay. And and again, I had I, I didn't forget about quality, but it was just the fact that again, I'm working. But then all of a sudden, I see him in the vibe. Oh, quality's in the vibe. Wait, what's Quad doing in the vibe? Boom. Okay, so we start making trips to New York. Again, we're not lone catalysts. We're not lone catalysts at all. We're just two guys going to New York, but I got a bunch of demos. And uh, eventually it came to the point where we we had a song that said that, you know, I was saying loan to the cat, cat to the list. <laughs> and we played it for nervous. They liked it. And then eventually we were just like, yo, that's going to be the group name, Lone Cata, Cata, you know, Lone Catalyst. And then, man, from there, man, we just started touring the world and, uh, you know, getting advances, doing music, flying places, doing shows with Slick Rick, tours oh. with the Outsiders, and Lyrics of Lounge tours. And we, just, we were just living our dream, you know what I mean? Uh, which was all we really wanted, you know? Mm-hmm. We, 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 of course, again, we wanted the deals, we wanted the monetary, we wanted the video on the boat with Champagne, Porn on Gloria Velez. We, you know, we, we wanted that, but that wasn't, the vibe of the music we were making mm. you know what i mean so it, it, it's like you know we want whatever every person wants but it's not the energy we're sending out so that's not the energy we're receiving right. and again there's struggles with that because you see what's out there. you know i'm just like any other person in the world you see what's out there i see what Dipset's doing and i see cameron got a deal with Koch. i'm an independent label i'm trying to get a deal with Koch. you know you know what i mean so i see what's going on out there but 
you got to take what's given to you and make the best out of it. And uh, again, that's a struggle because you want more, you want better, you want, you see the other person doing, but you have to have like a horse race. The horse has blinders over his eyes. So he's not looking left and right. He's just looking straight ahead. And you kind of got to have that vision when you're dealing with your career as an artist, man, you can't worry about like me. I I, I can't worry about most death's tour schedule or his album release schedule. You know, it's, it's tantalizing, but, I have to put focus in what I'm doing. You know what I mean? That that, that always has to be the key. So, again, uh, Lone Catalyst releasing, I think our first deal, uh, we pressed up myself. Uh, $1,600, pressed up our own vinyl, and went to Big Daddy. Shout out to my man, Jameson Grillo. He, uh, he was working at Big Daddy back then, but Big Daddy distribution out of Jersey took our first 1,000 records. Uh, Paper Chase did real good. Uh, Can't follow that up with politics, but at that time we did the P&D with Budge, and then after politics we did due process with Rubik's and Quali, and that that really just took it to another level mm-hmm. as far as. And again, this is all vinyl before any CD came out, mm-hmm. and then we start doing uh start doing overseas. 12-inch deals and things of that nature. And then we hooked up with a company in Germany called Groove Attack. Mm-hmm. And that's when, you, you know, they were they were run by Carhartt. And we couldn't get any love from any, any American distros that had major budgets, but this company in uh, Germany messed with us. So we started messing. We, we had a relationship with Groove Attack for like maybe like eight years we, we, we did business with Groove Attack and uh, that's when it came to okay well we got major distribution now so let's do a CD let's do vinyl CD and that was the first Long Catalyst album mm-hmm. hip hop and that, that that changed everything for me as far as like people knowing what I'm doing as far as, again, this is underground jazz hip-hop. This is not pop music. So when I speak of everyone, I'm speaking of underground jazz hip-hop fans. I'm not speaking of pop fans and all this and that. But uh, right. it's like, at, you know, we put that album out and people knew we were serious, knew what we were doing. Uh, got a X, got great reviews, XL and XXL magazine, which I still, I, I think I posted that on Twitter this week, man. I don't play wow. with that. Would you say that uh, your success... <laughs> was due a lot to the, the, the vinyl, like the being able to yeah. produce vinyl. Yeah. 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 As yeah. Because it, it, it puts you in places that a lot of artists don't, don't, don't focus on. Like again, Jay-Z put something out. He's focused on first week CD sales, period. You know what I mean? He, he's not really worried too much about the vinyl where our, my whole focus is the vinyl. Mm. My whole focus is college radio. You know what yeah. I mean? So my whole, my whole focus is I'm not worried about any major music convention. I'm focusing on the CMJ. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So <laughs> it, it, it's just like it, when you're dealing when you're dealing with the vinyl and you're consistent, you have a good product. You can find your niche because right. there's always vinyl fans out there. And, and, and the thing about a vinyl record is that you can look at it from your OJ's record to your Smokey Robinson record, Ronnie Law's records. That you can't just press delete on a vinyl record. That joint's sitting there. <laughs> you know wow. what I mean? So. Uh, they're harder to get rid of than uh, MP3s and even CDs. You know, my main man called me yesterday asking about what to do with the CDs. You want to throw them away, and uh, so so it's just like the vinyl, man. It's yeah, just it like just stays vinyl. with you. So yeah. that that that's the best thing about vinyl is that you know 
dudes have CDs, MP3s, and all this and that. But I always say, man, what if they pull the plug? What you going to do? I could rock a show right now with all my, not all my stuff, but a majority of my stuff on vinyl with instrumentals. I rock a show, the MP3, the, the Serato don't work. No matter, man, I got the vinyl, man. Let's, let's, let's do this, you know? So Is there vinyl that, for the new album? And new and for FBOYAD? Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I, I made man, but but right now I'm sitting on a lot of those dealer okay. vinyls, so I I, I gotta got move it. some of those. Move first that. Now that makes I sense, am. you know, because vinyl is expensive. Yeah. It's, not- it, it's, it's expensive, but also, and this is from record label owners, yeah. that vinyl will become furniture if you're not careful. You feel what I'm saying? Wow. Like you have a vinyl record box couch with with <laughs> with, 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 with 500 copies. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you gotta take, be pretty strategic. So yeah, with, yeah. I mean, it's just like any business. Like yeah. you got a liquor store, you gotta know your inventory. You gotta know, you, you know, you gotta have a flow. So yeah, same thing with vinyl. I gotta get some vinyl out of here before I get some more new no, vinyl in sense. there. That makes sense. So I wanna, um, I definitely wanna come back to Lone Catalyst, but I wanna like shift gears to talk about this new album, right? And I okay. ca- usually I will go up the timeline, but uh, I'll start with what's brand new right now and then we'll go back to the black revolution project so so this album like i said early off the bat it has a very intriguing title right vote for biden or you ain't black talk to me exactly a little bit about why you chose to name it this right well obviously i'm sure most people know that it's from a comment that, you know, yeah. running running for president, Joe Biden, Democratic nominee, uh, stated in an interview with Charlemagne the God from Breakfast yeah. Club, right? You know, so yeah. um, I just kind of want to talk about this. Like, the, the fact that you titled this album, you know, the complete body of work, and you decided to title it after this comment by um yeah joe biden uh what um what was the reasoning behind it because it's the most important decision black people got to make in in our lifetime right now we're going to live we're going to die we're dying disproportionately in every every level of uh, of life right now whether it's a pandemic well black people are in a pandemic i mean we we don't we're not in a pandemic we're in a pandemic where we have not just one thing come we don't have just the coronavirus coming as we got uh, police abuse. We got a uh, medical field that 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 treats us bad. We we have uh, the the wealth gap. So we're we're up against a two hundred edge sword trying to fight off all these different things. You know what I mean? So what I say is this: is that it's about survival. It's about uh, like like for instance, I was uh, up in New York when Trump got elected. I I was up there for the tribe thing because that's when Tribe was released their album mm-hmm. or not. And uh, so I was up there kicking and whatnot, and my kid, would, and, and I got there right when Trump won. Because uh, I, I, I was on, I, I think I, when I, I rode the bus up there, I believe. I believe, I believe I, no, I drove up there. I drove, no, I don't know what, I, I don't know, but I was in New York when, when, when Trump won the election. Mm-hmm. And my kid was scared. I, I was just like, well, all right, he won the election. That's cool. That's cool. Whatever, whatever, whatever. It's cool. He won it. But my kid was scared. My kid, my kid was not that he was going back to slavery. I was like, no, no, that ain't going to happen. That ain't going to happen. I took a very nonchalant. Like, man, whatever. Trump going to be out of here in four years. It's nothing. Four years later, 
brother, we got 200,000 plus people dead. And again, it's disproportionately affecting black people. So my thought is Joe Biden didn't kill 200,000 people this year and disproportionately affecting black people. So I'm going to go on whose record is this year and today. And right now I can say Trump got the bodies and Biden don't. And it's for me, it's, it's not even about Democrat and Republican. I can, I, can, I can tell you right now, I think both of them don't care about black people, honestly, but it's about black people making a choice to survive, to survive. And that's it. Because it, 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 like, like I tell dudes who don't wear the mask and I'd be like, so, so you're going to tell me white people don't have a plan to kill black people. Like you don't, you don't have an inkling of a percentage that that could happen that way. What if white people did make this disease to kill black people or affect black people worse, or just from our state in this country, it's going to affect us worse. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to gamble on that. Matter of fact, I'm going to gamble on the fact that they do have something in the mix. You feel what I'm saying? So with all that being said, I truly believe if we're talking about black people surviving, like, like if Trump is president next year, I believe more black people will die than if Biden is president next year. So wow. Biden got my vote. It's yeah. that simple. You know, that's interesting it ain't, it ain't that about, you broke it down it ain't like that. It's about Democrat, Republic. It's about who's going to kill more black people. That's interesting that you broke it down like that because I wasn't thinking that that was the underlying message. But um, it, it's, it's pretty interesting. Well, 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 no, it's not the underlying message. It's okay. just that don't, don't, out overthink it. Don't don't mm. don't. Well, Biden Biden has the crime bill. No, nigga, who's gonna kill you first? Mm. Okay, I see what you're saying. Who 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 who's gonna forget you? Because this is a very narcissistic society where only thing that everything that matters is what's in your phone. But you have to think further that who's going to kill your grandparent, your mother, your father, my mother, my uncle? Who has a better chance of killing them, Biden or Trump? Mm. And that's that's what it boiled down to. I'm, my 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 focus is black people surviving, black people surviving, mm. and that's my that, that's the only thing. Because people people think that we can't go back to slavery, we can't lose our voting rights, women can't lose men. That stuff can happen. Not not saying it will happen. I'm I'm not going that far, but that stuff can happen. And there are a lot of people in this country, like like for instance, I take it away from black and white, and I go man and woman. I'm a man. I have no care in any bone of my body to make a decision for a woman on anything. Like I was talking to a friend today, I don't, I don't even know how women pee. So how do I look like making a decision on women's rights or anything of that nature? But mm-hmm. people out there want to. Men out there want to, though. They, they yeah, want to yeah. stick their hands in women's business and make decisions about women's issues. You, A man don't understand what a woman goes through, through a, during her period. Mm-hmm. So why the hell is he making any decisions on what a woman should do? Right. You, you know what I mean? And then take forget a period childbirth a man has no idea what a woman goes through nine months of of, of, of carrying a baby and having childbirth. Mm-hmm. So why should he even be in that discussion? Mm-hmm. And to top it off is that not only will he be in that discussion, he'll have that discussion with all men and no women. Well, guess what? Forget men and women and make it black and white. Those same rooms have been going on where white people have been making decisions for black people for years, ever since we've been in this country. Mm-hmm. So 
again, not saying again, not saying it's going to change behind Biden. It's not going to change behind Barack Obama because this is still America. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't care who's, I don't care who's, who the president is. This land is still a symbol of white supremacy. So it, it, it's like you got a you got a, a cruise liner called uh, white supremacy, you, you, and you shift the captain every four years. It don't matter. It's still going in the direction of white supremacy. It's just about who's steering the ship. And it felt good to see a black man staring the, the, the uh, white white supremacy white supremacy cruise line for for, mm-hmm. for eight years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that it's going to not be white supremacist. You know, America ain't changed because of the president. You feel what I'm saying? And I don't expect it to change because of Biden. Again, I just think Biden gonna kill less of us than Trump will next year. Right? Yeah, I, I, I get what I get what you mean. Now it's like bringing awareness to how real it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like, forget the debate, okay? Because cause everybody wants to debate it. Everybody wants to debate it. Oh well. There's no debate, man. There's no debate. Either you're with us or you're against us. Because what we're trying to do, we're trying to save. Black. I'm not even saying Black Lives Matter anymore. I'm, I'm saying people who look like me lives matter. Because when you say Black Lives Matter, they want to go to the website and start bringing up whatever. So no, nah, right. people who look like me lives matter, and wow. I'm trying to. It's crazy say, that you gotta so, go to what, that length, though. What, 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 yeah, what, 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 what my voice, I'm trying to... And again, I was, honestly, man, I wasn't playing Black Revolution. I was so happy with that joint, bro, that, I, you know, I was going to continue promoting it and then put out some uh, put out some record label compilations, yeah. get my CEO wig on, put out some compilations and stuff like that. But pandemic hit, bro, and I'm in the crib making beats every day, writing songs. So that's... So first, it's like, I, I think I was going to call the album Mr. Sands or something like that. But yeah. then as the selection started picking up, I said, Man, forget that, man. I'm calling. I'm, I'm, we we got to vote for this dude Biden, man. Because again, people are going to die. And and guess what? This winter, it's going to be a lot of pe- people are going to re- like like I seen somebody on Twitter today ask how many people do you know who had COVID. I, I put eight people. You know, I know about seven or eight people who had it. It's going to be how many people do you know have died from it about January? People are like, oh, I know four people in my family that died from COVID. You know what I mean? So. Again, I'm just trying to, you know, my, my, my political, my political approach is saving black people, saving black people lives, man. Yeah. That, that's the political approach and whatever group or individual or whatever I think will do it more than the other, then that's that. There it is. Like, like, like I always tell people, man, Biden. Yeah, he's going to offend me, but I've been, I've been called nigger since I was about five, six years mm-hmm. old. Yeah. Biden's going to offend me. He's going to do stuff that I'm just going to be like, oh. Trump's gonna put me in the grave. You feel what I'm saying? Wow. That's a big difference. I, 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 I'll live being offended, but you can't live by racism. And, and, and it might not even be racism. It could total incompetence. Mm. Total incompetence. Like, like again, I, I've worked for major corporations. I've done business with Daimler, Chrysler, Bombardier, Adtrans, uh, uh, and, and even now I, I run. A, I have an auto business, and I, I deal with a lot of insurance companies. And when you're in these rooms, there's a certain expectation of professionalism. Mm-hmm. at decorum you know what i mean and this man has none of it mm-hmm. he, 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 he trust me you have to be prepared uh, even when it comes to spitting the rhyme before before i go like mm-hmm. like i got my own studio in the crib but before i start hopping on that mic i might have said that rhyme 10 15 times right. so when i make that mic hot i'm in the game i study i put the work in before i spit that rhyme 
he doesn't put any work in. So forget the racism part, the incompetence part. You can't be incompetent right. incompetent during a pandemic. Mm. Wow. So again, my political stance is saving black people's lives. So if you ain't voting for black, if you ain't voting for Biden, in my opinion, you don't give a damn about black people living. Mm. And that's true. That's a strong statement, but I, I, I hear where you're coming from with it. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm dead serious about yeah, it, man. Like, yeah. Trust me, I, I wasn't with that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was hearing it from the because you know what it is older black people uh, had because at first I was like, man, because a lot of people in my family, my uncles and my mom and them, that that love like like I like I love Obama, but the older black people love Obama. You feel what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like like older black love Obama, which is cool. But, yeah. uh, so when when it's when when it was like. Uh, uh, matter of fact, it was before Biden even won the nomination. It was during the primaries and all that stuff. And I was kind of with Bernie, you know what I mean? I liked Elizabeth Warren, but all the older black people, my fan was like, boy, you better get with Biden, you better get with Biden, you know, do socialism and all this stuff. And <laughs> Bernie got so, whatever. But I, I really wasn't paying attention because Biden seemed like a kook to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, right, right. and I seen the creepy kid, I seen the creepy kid uh, videos and all that. So he just seemed like a creep kook to me, you know, whatever. But again, I can't have my own personal feelings right. mean nothing when but it comes this is to nothing new. black this people is living and black people dying. Yeah, this is nothing new. This is this continues to happen. Like this idea of like, okay, now we have to choose, as they say, you know, the lesser of the two, and it's like, yeah, you know, it, it it's 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 yeah. nothing new to um yeah. to black and brown people. But uh, yeah. I, I wanted yeah. to also talk about um the track Karen, which I have to say when I first heard the album, that was the track that just jumped out at me. It just like grabbed me. I was like, yo, this is hot, you know, but I think, well, let me just give a little, you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure people listening have seen the memes that Karen represents, you know, that a name used in memes. I was going through the hashtags like consistently for a month, every 30, every day. Wow, I wake up in the morning, Karen's going right? wild. Karen, I'm just, I right. just want to see the new Karen of the day. So, yeah, right. I was hyped up on that so like in for, April, for, June, and all that. Yeah, for people that don't know, give give the people an idea of what the whole Karen meme is about and then uh, why you chose to. Karen, well, it, it goes even back before Emmett Till, but hmm. Emmett Till was the bookmark moment where a, a white woman use her whiteness with, uh, through lies, use her whiteness to get a black man killed. And white people do that all the time. Call, I'm going to call the police. I'm going to call the police. I'm going to call the police. I'm gonna, Knowing that the police are going to be extra aggressive with black people, that's just that you, you know that. Like, you know, when it's raining outside, you're going to get wet. You know, a white person call the police. They're calling the police because they want, you know, the police are there to protect them, not a black person. You know what I mean? The police are coming to protect them and harm the black person. That's making them upset, whether they're right or wrong. So there was a lot of that going. And the thing about it is, is that society, the needle on society is changing. Before, people didn't make white people feel uncomfortable about being racist or being arrogant or being or, or feeling white privileged. People didn't say that. You just have to accept that swallow that you call me a nigga okay mm. let me swallow that go home beat my kids <laughs> you know what i'm saying or something you know what i'm saying but now you can say hey 
that's not right. That's not right. I'm going to put you on TV and, and people, other people are going to tell you it's not right. Mm-hmm. It's shaming or whatever. And, and the thing about it is even if you shamed them back in the day, it, it, it didn't mean nothing. But now it means something. People are calling it out. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They're, they're saying, hey, Karen, check this out. You know that if you call the police, this guy right here is, has a chance of getting hurt by the police. That's the only reason you're calling them is to pose a threat to that person. Mm -hmm. So that phenomenon of not just white women, but white men uh, just calling the police on black. I mean, that, that, that's just been the police were created to round up slaves. And a lot of white people still believe the police is to keep slaves in order. You know what I'm saying? You know, the people they think are slaves in order and, yeah, bro. It, yeah, it, it, it's definitely something that I'm glad people are getting called out for, but it's still a weapon that white people use mm-hmm. because, I mean, you, you look at the protest going on, you see police protecting the Proud Boys and alt-right. So there is this uh, alignment with the police and white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't fully understand it. I, I mean, I see it as plain as day, but I don't, I don't fully understand it. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? But But I know that there is this connection that white people have with the police that black people don't, especially in the inner city. And again, I believe that white people have weaponized and they still do it to this day. So I I was just, you know, going Karen, going wild hashtag Instagram site so much, man. It just one day I just sampled something, made the beat and just started writing, man. And then, uh, you know, I found a Karen sample where somebody saying Karen and yeah, it was a rap, bro. I had mm. made a joint. And, you know, when I first made the beat, you know, a couple of dudes were like, ah, oh, the beat's kind of off, man. And, and it is kind of off, but that's, that's nah, how the I like beat is dope. <laughs> you know? So I make my beats. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, uh, what I was so, going to so say that, about, about about the track is that um it, it's it's pretty dope and clever because when you when you listen to it like it it's it's like it takes like a rather satirical or sarcastic approach you know as opposed gotcha. to this aggressive i'm just coming for you karen nah and i thought nah, that I was dope lo- you I know to be like a love song i wanted to be like a love song like a, 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 a song of endearment to karen like like karen Karen, what do you, Karen? I love you. You know, I wanted to be like a love song. You know what I mean, like that type of vibe. But I'm actually schooling her on her white bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think uh, a a lot of your music does that too. Like you have a a very clever way of being pretty light with how you deliver the message, um, and even sometimes fun. But it's serious. Like, yeah. make no mistake about you gotta, it. It's serious. It, it's, it's very, I mean, again, yeah. it just starts from my foundation of, from the message, Melly Mel. Again, like, 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 like my top five rappers compared to other dudes' top five rappers uh, uh, that may may have been born in 87 or whatever they grew up in, in 2000 rap. Nah, my rappers that I grew up listening to were all against the system. Even hip-hop, like, like now hip-hop is the system. But when I was growing up, hip-hop was against the it was It was like the, what, the rage against the machine. We were against the machine, you know what I mean? We spray-painted on the trains and broke the law. We, 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 we sampled and took James Brown and broke the law. We, we, we danced inside buildings on sidewalks and broke the law. It, it's always a rebellious culture, but now it's a culture that you know, has conformed, you know what I mean? But I, I always want to keep that 
rebel. You know, again, the, you know, I grown up with Chuck KRS, Big mm-hmm. Daddy Kane. Uh, I was always drawn to the black power rappers over the gangster rappers. You know, it just it's just something about the knowledge of self, man. Like, like again, I, I never, I didn't know who Farrakhan was until I heard Nation of Millions. So just imagine that, you know what I mean? I didn't know who Farrakhan was till Chuck D told me who he was. A lot mm. of stuff, brand Nubian told me I didn't know. Yeah. And so, so, so I grew up on a rap that you got your black, you got, you didn't get it at school. You got it from the tapes. You yeah. was waiting for the PRT album to come out so you can get some more knowledge. You know what I mean? Uh, Cause that's where you was going to get it from. So, just having that foundation, man, it's like, man, you gotta, you gotta say something, man. And, 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 you know, I, I my family from Mississippi and uh, Alabama, you know, uh, part of the, the great migration coming up north to Pittsburgh and all that stuff, you know what I mean? So, you know, the black struggle is in, is, is in me. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, yeah, that, that's all really, I want to speak. Of course I rap about a lot of other things. Matter, matter of fact, the, the Biden album really ain't that political. The songs too yeah, much. I got Karen and maybe a couple other songs, but a lot of them was just songs, just songs. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. With a title slapped on it, where the Black Revolution was more of a nah, nigga. We we, we gonna focus on this yeah. and, and make a body of work just yeah. about this revolution. You know what I mean? But that's just like you, you know, it's, it's like Black people news. You know, like we're yeah. not gonna get the news on Channel Four or Channel or CNN. So we're supposed to be the newscasters of of of, of our communities and, and, and not egregiously talking about, oh, I can only kill black men or, oh, I can only, I can abuse women. No, no, no. We need to talk real stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Real, real, real knowledge stuff that, again, Steve Biko, who, Biko, who, who knew about him before trial? I mean, I, people did, but I'm just saying right. hip hop amplifies it. It, it it gives it a platform where again it could touch somebody and uh, brother again like I said I didn't know who Farrakhan was until Chuck D put me on a mm-hmm. Farrakhan you feel what I'm saying and a lot of di- and, and a lot of my knowledge itself come from hip hop tapes and it'd be a shame if that doesn't happen anymore in a in, in hip hop where a, a kid eighteen nineteen can listen to a, a, a top when we're talking about KRS. Public Enemy and all these other groups, they were top 10 artists. You know, like right now, Knowledge of Self rappers aren't anywhere near the top 10. You feel what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. Fight the Power was like the number one song in the country. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it, it's not like that. Like now, the number one song is about a woman's uh, vagina. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Being wet. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's just changed. But I, I can't front, man. I, I have to have like like if you're going if you're going to say something, say something. Right, right. Or stay or, or shut up or shut up. You know what I mean? So I, I got to do that, Black Power, bro. <laughs> Let's talk about another track on the album called um, "Fame." Um, what I love about the track oh, oh, is "Fame." Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. What I love about the track is like you know, there's a hook. I feel like there's a hook. Yeah, there's a hook, and at the end of the, like, at the end of the song, the girl that's singing says, still got love for hip-hop, the fame, the fame. And then when she says, still got love for hip-hop, I'm like, yo, that's dope. Like, throughout throughout all the BS and all the stuff with the fame, like, still got love for hip-hop. So I have a question for you. Yeah. Like, at what point in your career do you recall having to confront or come face-to-face with this idea of fame from an internal standpoint? Like, and, like how did you uh, overcome well, that? Well, uh, uh, 
let, let, let's take it back to the core elements of hip-hop. Graffiti artists didn't want to be seen. You know what I mean? When they were tagging trains, that was like, yo, get me out of the, get me out of the village voice, man. I'm not, I don't want to be in there, man. I'm just going to get me busted. You know what I mean? So I got that dilemma as well, too, because, you know, a lot of my music is samples. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, I'm cool being in the underground realm, you know what I mean, where I can create music how I want to create it, you know what I mean? Maybe if I was a little bigger, maybe if I was the size of most deaf, I couldn't do the Black Revolution because all the samples, you know what I'm saying? So it's like the fame come with a price tag and it comes with more conforming. You know, you have to make more people happy. Like, I don't got to make anybody happy when I make an album but myself, you know what I'm saying? So, uh that 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 that's it, man. Is is that you know? I've seen it, a lot of people go out for that fame, bro. Go 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 out for that extra spin on the radio, or go out for that extra show, and it, it not really be worth it. And actually, they end up losing their career behind it. So I, I you know, fame. When maybe twenty five, twenty twenty five to thirty five year old Jay Sands might have wanted fame, but you know. 45 plus Jay Sands just wants to just chill and have no problems and, and, and enjoy the the people who dig it. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I take I, I take fans one by one, but I'm happy with the ones I got. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't need no more, but I definitely want some more, you know? Mm-hmm. But I don't want it to come I don't want it to come with a lawsuit or anything like that. I want it to be organic and natural, you know? And even like just this whole idea of like not being recognized, right? Like forget the fame, like this whole, you know, feeling of like, I I could even relate to it. Like starting out without the box years ago and going through different phases where I got a lot of like responses at a particular time, a lot of viewership at a particular time, and then kind of like having to reinvent uh, out the box and really, you know, be comfortable with the fact that I may not have a huge following and, and just being on course with whatever my my goal was, despite whether I would get the viewership or the big numbers and stuff. Like, I, I think that's something that people tackle with a lot, like just like this idea of like wanting to, oh, yeah. especially in this social media timeline that we're living in like with the whole idea of likes and and you know people wanting that instant gratification because they're seeing it compared to other people yeah yeah well that 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 comes up with the blinders brother you have especially especially in this business in any business you're in man i mean you can look left and right and learn something but once you start getting in your past your path and, and you start moving mm-hmm. you got to have blinders on like, again this used to happen a lot man where i'll do a show or i'll do a tour i'll have like 500 you know 100 people there or something like that then i'll jump on with quality or somebody or whoever slightly stupid i or whoever i tour with and they got five thousand eight thousand yeah. that's the ego feeling right you're like man these dudes really doing and my little janky ass only had 100 people there you know what i mean but again at the end of the day people came to check you out you gotta make sure them 100 people felt like there was 5,000 people in the building so it's it's about appreciation 
appreciating your own space, appreciating what you have been given, what God has given you. Wow. Appreciate that. Forget worrying about what the next man's doing. Appreciate what God has already given you. Place in your hands the blessings. You got to count your blessings more than you complain about. You feel what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that's, that's the same with this music, man. I, I, I can't be worried about Craig G. Craig G getting... 34,000 views on this video. I'm not going to get that, and I got to be happy with that. You feel what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's just being being comfortable on your own. I I do a podcast, too. You know, it's not the hottest podcast, but but the thing is about, like, I always, my my, my partner, Grab Lover, shout out to Grab Lover, over in New York, you know what I mean? And uh, the thing about it is, man, it's about completion, completing your projects, your visions, complete them, finish them. And for me, completion was always having a store. I say it on iTunes. Okay, I'm complete. I'm done. I did. Say that again. You went out. Repeat that again. um, You went out. No, repeat what you said again. Your Uh, your mic went out. Oh, no, completion. Completion, completion is it. You, you, you know, for me, it's about just completing. Like, like again, once when I, when I see an album in the store or in on title or whatever, then okay, that's the gratifying moment to know that I did something, I completed it, I made it professional, I put it out there. And now with the podcast, like I tell crap man, for, I don't care who who the guest is, what we do, let's just complete good products every week and that's that's going to be the goal consistency and complete and 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 if you're if you're really passionate about what you're doing then that should be the payoff you know what i mean like like again i've met a million dudes who signed universal who had dreams of getting with cash or whatever but in, in reality I look back like man, y'all were just in it for the money and not the music because there was a point where the money wasn't right making music, whereas I'm in it for the music, so I don't care what the money is. I'll be on the MPC drum machine writing something on the turntable or something, because that's just what I do. You you, you know what I mean? So you have to, you, you just have to embrace who you are, man. It don't matter if you're a billionaire, millionaire, or dude who works at McDonald's, man, you're going to have struggles in life. You know, everybody struggles with things. You know, the millionaires out here shooting themselves in the head because they got so much stuff going on. So it Money, money, don't, don't, don't let money define you. Now right. you need some money. Now you want to have a woman. You want to have a house. You know, you need some money, Especially some credit family, stuff. But yeah. I'm just saying, like, yeah. like, don't, don't let that be the end it all, be it all. Bottom line to what you do. Like, like I said, like I said, I figured out eventually I got to run some other business besides this rap stuff. Rap stuff's cool, make some exactly. money, but I got to do some other things. And I've been blessed to be able to do other things, so I can still rap. Because guess what? When you rap. You don't, I get money, but guess what? I got to pay money to rap. I got to pay Facebook, Instagram, pay a publicist uh, or whatever, uh, buy some ads or, or, you know, whatever. So regardless of where you're at, it costs to be in this field as well. And, and anything, if, if you were yeah. starting a tire business or if you were starting a, a, a packing place, you need upfront money to get your business rolling. So, yeah, I like you that know, you said completion too, like seeing it through. I think though that's one of yeah, the things yeah. that, you know, if you're looking for the instant gratification, you'll probably drop out the race, right? You'll be like, you know what? Or drop yeah, out the marathon drop, to be exact. Yeah, man, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't get likes. Man. I get like yeah. four likes on anything I do, man. So if I judge my production on likes, I would have liked like one of my friends, shout out to DJ Selector. 
in uh, Pittsburgh, you know, he, 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 he's really on his numbers. He was like, oh, man, I only have so many numbers on Twitch or whatever. I'm like, man, we don't forget the numbers, man. Forget I know people numbers, care right? about the numbers, but Yo, we, we shouldn't it. care about the numbers because like, we are I'm doing what we love. Forget you, the numbers. <laughs> Yeah, like like on honestly, man, numbers numbers be trust me, I understand analytics. Numbers yeah. are very important at companies, partners, they want to see numbers, they want to see eyeballs on whatever you're doing. But honestly, man, I, I I could give two two shakes about it and I've still been able to take care of myself not caring about those numbers because usually when you're doing those numbers, you're doing something that you're not agreeing with, you know what I mean? Like I said, just that compromise. Now, if there's a check coming with it, I'll compromise with the best of them. You know what I mean? I understand because guess what? That's business. That's work. You come to agreement, you're going to do that. But when it's just me working for myself, I don't, I don't, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I get, I get out of it what I want to get out of it. And like I said, for me, getting these joints done, like, like, I, yeah. like when you put out an album, you spend eight, eight hours minimum. I probably spend 10, 15 hours, but eight hours minimum mixing a, mixing a, a, a song. So if you got, if you spend 10 hours, you got 10 songs. That's, you know what I'm saying? You spend a thousand hours, you know, wow. just listening to your music, trying to get it I right. Know. And you'd be proud when you finally get it right. And then guess what? When you, when the album come out, you still be hearing stuff you could have changed. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's just that gratification, man, of just finishing your work. Like, like, like I have a lot of songs that I haven't finished or whatever. That's just laying around or whatever. So when you get something together and finish it and it's complete and then the people can get it, that's everything, bro. Yeah. And, 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 and that's, that, that's, those are my win moments. Wow. You know what I mean? Thank that, you so that's much when for I pop a, that. That's when I pop a bottle. And, and roll something up and go in my car and listen to listen to my album and you know have my own album release party in my car you know what i'm saying yes, uh, yeah yeah those, those wow. are the moments that i i get into more than these weekly statements that i get from a uh, sony you know what i'm saying at the orchard or whatnot you know what i mean wow thanks so much for sharing that i i wanted to talk about uh the i feel like this i didn't even know that this was a single on the album i just thought this was just a a one-off that you put out there, but Dorona, right? <laughs> that you did the video for and everything. I got to say, it's extremely clever the way you put this one together. And I like the way the hook kind of, it has this, like I said, this light, fun vibe to it. But the, the you know, the the rhymes, the the diploma with the homeowner, with the, yeah. the grown-up, <laughs> yeah, you know, like that. Yeah. the pneumonia, the rona, you know, like it just comes yeah. together. Like what was your thought process in creating this track and what ultimately did you want this track to convey to the people uh it was just going it was just going to be a one-off I, again this was before i even had an album plan i mm. just said okay we're you know because they were like everybody you know you're, you're locked in this was lockdown time too when i started working like right when we first started being locked down and i said okay i'm gonna do a song about it you know what i mean and that was it i was gonna do a song and be done with it but again like i said it turned to a whole ass album but it was just supposed to be one song i put out the Dorona, do a video and keep on promoting the black revolution you know what i'm saying but uh it just you know man it just don't work out like that all the time like like i said i start you start listening to, okay i got the rona but man i got like five hundred new joints i just did you know like man so 
but 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 Dorona was was really just supposed to be a one-off joint, a single. Because that that's one thing that I never really done. My label, I've always just put out full-length albums. Mm-hmm. So that was the actual first time I put out one song as a single mm-hmm. on digital media. Wow. And I want to start get I want to start getting into that. Uh, putting out just like I just put out a song with a uh, Sadat. Elder Sensei, Thurston uh, uh, Howe, uh, Lower Velocity, and my man Lifelong, uh, called Same Damn Low Sweater. And, uh, you know, just it's just a one-off song. So I, I, I want to get into more of just put, because that's the industry now. Then You know, I, I do albums, but I like creating albums, but really the industry is try to get a hot song and, and, and push it and, and get that to blow, you know. Dudes, dudes who make albums honestly are suckers like me, you know, who believe in making albums. The industry's catered towards having one song and having that blow. Again, again, if you're talking about major label stuff, just they just want one single. That's it. They don't care about your album. But me, I still care about albums and themes and interludes and things like that that I grew up on. I, I have fun creating those things. Wow. Let's let's talk about the Black Revolution, right? Like the thing that really sh- jumps out is obviously the album cover, right? And I feel like there's mm-hmm. so many themes happening on the album cover. You got themes from chaos to protest to like historic black leaders. Like yeah. how how did you And then there's even a I think there's a pic of Nipsey on there. Um Nipsey Hustle. Yep. So Nip, Nip, Nipsey Kaepernick made it. Yeah, Kaepernick uh, is on I there. Did. I just, like, I just, the... that's how I, pi- I pictured the revolution, like, like mm. fusion, like, like how it is right now, Confu- a bunch of confusion. And that's, uh, first of all, shout out to Paris Knight from Pittsburgh. He's the one who did it and he had a hundred percent control over how that came out. Like I told him what I wanted, but he drew it and I just kept on nodding. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice, nice, nice. And he just did his thing. But, uh, and, and I'm sorry I didn't put a bomb on like later, later I was like, I should put a bomb on that joint, but, but it's all good. You know what I'm saying? But, There's uh, always going to be somebody just, you miss, but it, it yeah, you but, get but, the picture collectively. Yeah, it was just about like like I, like even before that, I had an album called "The Poetry of Life," and I had the same type of drawing for that for that uh, album, not not cover, but insert. And uh, it, it's just like I said, I, I wanted I wanted him to touch a lot of different things. Like, like I told you, we're, we're in a syndemic, not a pandemic. We're in a syndemic where we got multiple things coming at us. And that's kind of what I wanted on the cover was to just display all the, all the struggles that black people are going mm-hmm. through. And, and, and sometimes guess what? It's, it's, it's it's, it's ourselves, you know, we're going against each other. So it's just like, it's just the ultimate confusion. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I, I was kind of looking for, for that cover. And wow. he, like I said, my man Paris brought it to life, bro. Dope. And uh, like I said, but it's, it's, it's all thanks to him. Like I said, I I, I, I may have one or two suggestions, but he, he just went ham and, and made that happen. You know what I mean? Mm. You have another song called Fasting on this album. And you have a no line doubt. where you say, some artists paint pictures that are plastic, always talking how they eaten should have fasted. <laughs> I had to laugh yeah. about that one. I don't believe, for me personally, like I said, it's not like it's some great thing, but I, I don't believe for me personally, I would get to the point of making a Black Revolution album if I didn't have the hard times uh, uh say no to this deal or or just, you know, I had, I had to fast, like, like a lot of dudes, you know, from what, 2000, 
they were cutting big checks. Ninety nine, they were cutting big checks. And I think, where would hip hop be if them dudes would have said no to those checks? Because again, when they took those checks, they sold out a little piece of hip hop. Mm-hmm. Would it? You know, I'm mean, okay. It's cool. Hip hop's on a McDonald's commercial, but it's it, it's given a it's given a perspective. It's given a view of hip hop that really ain't hip hop. And then that's then then, but it gets known as hip hop, even though it's not part of hip hop. But it, it's getting portrayed that way because we put the ball in people who are not in the culture's hands to portray hip hop on a wide scale on on a big platform. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's just about man, all these dudes, all these years of talking about how they eat and I'm eating, I'm eating, I'm eating, I'm eating, I'm eating. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, you eating, but maybe you'd have been better if you would have fasted a little bit sometimes from some of those deals or some of that exploitation or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah, you talk about you eating. Every rapper talking about they eating, but sometimes, man, it's best to fast, man, when there's swine on the plate. Hey, this with swine on the plate. Guess what? If my my wife ordered pizza, got pepperoni on it. Guess what? I'm not eating. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, and and, and 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 again, it's just you you know, like let's take it to food. Like like your your body wants you to fast. You know, your body doesn't want to just get hammered with. Food every day, every day, every day, every day. Your body's working, digest. Now you have to fast sometimes. You know what I mean. Sometimes you have to fast mentally from TV or like people say, I'm fasting from social media. I'm not going to be on for a week. They're on in an hour though. The saying it's just like uh, you know. Sometimes you have to step away from what may seem good, but it might be hurting you in the long run. Mm. Like like me, I know. I didn't need no major. Like I, like I said, I wanted a major deal around 2000, 2003. I wanted to be on Def Jam or whatever label was out, but I think I turned out a lot better not going that route now. You know what I mean? First of all, I own my music, which is, the, like I said, a lot of dudes who were getting deals back then, you know, their stuff ain't streaming now because they don't own the label or whatever. Like, they lost soul. They're not on streaming networks, you know what I'm saying? So the fact that it ended up with me owning all my music was, was like the gift. And the only reason that that happened was because I fasted from a few deals that I could have had back in 2005, 2006, 2000 and whatever, 13 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I said no to the advance or whatever, or the advance wasn't even there to say no to. And I ended up having to do it myself. And now from all that fasting from whatever the industry was having out there, I'm at a place where I'm happy, you know what I'm saying? Mm. On your track, Education, you reference the importance of reading a book. Like, somewhere, I think it's like in the first track, you 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 know, you uh-huh. say something like read a book or something. And in this yeah. day and age where so much information is available through, like, YouTube and, you know, there's even, like, Audible where people can listen to stuff now. Tell me a little bit about the importance of, reading a book like what does reading a book do that video or audio in this day and age can't replace got you well first and foremost i'm I'm, i i am not a big reader actually i'm not not i'm not a big reader uh but when i started and uh, getting my deal and stuff like that. I was hanging, you know, we, we had a crew, like I said, won a battle crew at Reflection Eternal, Move, 
Long Cal and Five Ds or whatever. And that's what we would do. We, we would take books like Behold a Pale Horse, uh, uh, Celestine Prophecies, uh, uh, Illuminati 666 or whatever. We would read those books and then jump into our bars. You know what I'm saying? That that That's how it worked. You know, back then, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you read a book, you absorb some knowledge, and you transmit it over these beats. And, uh, that was very important. That, 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 cause again, you, you know, I was a dude before I met dudes that had knowledge of self. I, I thought I was Nas or somebody, you know what I mean? Ready to shoot up the whole block. And it really wasn't even me, but it was just like, that was the raps I was into. So I was spitting them. Then I met dudes that was like, hey, man, yo, man, check us out, man. Let me put you on some knowledge of self, man. Some black power stuff, man. This is, you know, and it actually related to me more than anything else in hip hop. So I only got that from reading books, man. I read for lessons and, you know, just, just, just the quest. Mm -hmm. But, like I said, like I said, once I got older, I, I want to say like like in my forties, I haven't I haven't really read so much. But when I was in my early twenties and and at, at early thirties, man, yeah, we used to tear those books up. Actually, while I used to work at a bookstore, so a lot of the books that I got, I got out in Kiru books yeah, as well, man. But Kiru, yeah. dude, it was a time that 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 if you didn't read one of those conspiracy books, man, you couldn't even spit bars with it in our crew. You know, you you had to read a book to be able to compete you know, with the knowledge that dudes was kicking. Like, trust me, a lot of it was some spaced out stuff or whatever. That's probably how we came up with the name Long Catalyst from some spaced out stuff. But a lot of it was real knowledge that actually seeing played out today, you know, played out right now. You know, books that I was reading in the 90s, I'm seeing the stuff play out right now. There's another track on there where um, there's a, a pretty profound skit with a homeless guy and oh, okay. he's, yep, yep, yep. yeah he's talking about um you know what he's had to endure being homeless and you know him being called a bum and you know all of the stuff that comes with that that is is pretty embarrassing and yeah. one thing that i noticed about the skit is that he seems like a pretty determined person right so mm -hmm. i'm curious to know how does someone so determined remain homeless you know, like, well, uh, I live in Owens Mills, Maryland right now. And I saw it's, it's a black suburb outside of Baltimore and seen a young white kid with a cell phone asking for food, you know, begging or whatnot, you know, got a cell phone, got nice clothes on, but he's walking in between cars uh, begging for food or whatever. So, I mean, who who knows? It could it be mental problems? Could it be drug abuse? I'm sure it's all of the above. Drug abuse. Uh, who 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 knows what pushes a person where they want to just remove themselves from society? They can't take it anymore. I, I don't know. Have I been close to that? Maybe. I'm I'm not sure, but. I don't think it's something you sh you can judge. You know what I mean? Like like yeah. that's still a human being. Absolutely. Like at the end of the day, they 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 still need air, they still need water, and and food, clothing, and shelter. You know what I'm saying? That they they still need that. So I don't care about the story, about how you got there, but. I want to. I, I want you to know people are thinking about you, uh, and, and just to veer off, man. 
and I'm, I'm glad I get to say this, man, is that, you know, you know, I got an 11-year-old kid, man, so she waits, you know, she'll, she'll get a Chick-fil-A sandwich, she'll take two, three bites and want to throw it away or get some McDonald's nuggets, 20-piece, and eat four of them and want to throw away 16 of them. So as a father, that had to stop, man. So, you know, what, what Sands does now is, you know, I look at all the stuff in the fridge that look like, you know, it's two, three days old gonna eat that i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm cook it up i'm gonna heat it up I'm gonna, if it's some fries i'm gonna reheat them i'm gonna throw some throw some vegetables with them some chips with them some water and i'll take that down to the home as a matter of fact i even took my kid with me mm. so she can see that the food that she's throwing away somebody else gonna look at it like it's at roof chris you know what i'm saying so so again it's important to me that all people be treated with some sense of dignity man like 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 because a person is living in the streets, man, it doesn't mean that that, that they shouldn't be treated with respect. So, they, and, and that's a big, you know, that that that's for me. Not 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 like I got some big super cape and I'm doing all this in the streets or whatever. But it's just the fact that as a human, man, I got human feelings, and I feel that when I see somebody with less, and I, I don't I don't really. I don't really worry about why they get, unless it's just something that's out there. Oh, okay. Well, no, nah, he just shot some power in front of me and beat, beat this woman or, you know what I mean? But if, if it's something that I can just give a little token of time and effort to make, because a lot of the stuff that makes us feel good really ain't shit, man. It, it, it's, it's the intention that somebody wants to do something for you. And like, well, I, when I take people food, they, they, Oh, you came from God, man. I ain't give you nothing but some chips and some juice, man. But it don't matter. The fact that somebody made the effort to bring that, you know, to say, okay, I'm gonna go on my way to make, make this person happy, man. And, 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 and again, you know, we, we don't do that for the homeless people in this country, man. We kind of just treat them as like, like a park bench or, or something like mm. that, you know, like, like, Ooh, we try sweeping under the rug, but put it this way after this pandemic and all this stuff is over, it's going to be a lot more homeless people than there were before. People, people are losing their jobs and livelihoods real time. It's real a, it's time. A, it's a real, real time. serious issue that, we have to pay yeah. attention to man. Yeah. 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 It, it got to me. Uh, I guess I was coming. I, I was coming. I was traveling like a road, road service uh, company. We do jump starts, pop a locks, uh, fuel deliveries, and tire changes all day at Nationwide. And uh, I was coming back from a job, and I'm riding down. Again, this is a suburb in Baltimore, Maryland, man. I, I know this, the Ravens facility is right around mm. here. So there's money. I see Bentleys around here. But I saw the the National Guard at Franklin High School in the longest line I've ever seen of people going to get free soup, free food. You feel what I'm saying? So it's like those lines are going to get longer and longer and longer, and people people have people got to realize, man, that that you know us as people man we got to we got to start wanting to help other people not just help people that look like us help people trust me black issues are my issues those are that that that's what my bullseye is on but there are it doesn't mean i don't care about other human beings right. man you know what i'm saying like 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 when i go out and take people food I don't care if the homeless dude is black or if it's white or right. whoever just who just doing the right I, thing I, I try yeah. 
I, I try to get it to women, honestly. Like, if I see a woman, I'm, I'm going to give it to a woman before I give it to a man, you feel what I'm saying? But it's just like, it don't matter because at the end of the day, everybody's human, especially when you're poor. When you're poor, man, shoot, everybody the same. Mm. Broke. Wow. Man, it, it's it's been a delight talking to you, Jay Sands, man. You, you have mm-hmm. so much insight to share, you know. But um, before we close out, I, I, I want to ask you, man, what is, what is your hope for how you would like your music to impact your listeners? When you sit down and think about, you know, the, the approach that you take in terms of the multiple thought-provoking messages that you share in your music, like, what do you really want listeners to walk away he, with? He, he can pick nice beats first and foremost. He, <laughs> okay. he knows what beats to pick. That that's the most important part is that he he can pick he he, he can pick some good beats, and then I want to say the rhyme like 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 Harris wants to say I don't care if you're a hustler pimp uh, a gangster or a player but make sure first you're a dope rhyme sayer so. The beats and the rhymes are always first. I don't care what I'm rapping about with the the beats and the rhymes. And then for me comes the message. Like a lot, a lot of people got the message, but don't nothing rhyme. Well, you should just read a book to somebody. <laughs> you know, what you rapping for? Just do spoken word or something. You know what I mean? But so it's the beats and the rhymes, and then the message has to be on point. You feel what I'm saying? And, and that's it. That that's it. Real simple. Real simple equation. I, I don't try to make it com- just like voting for Biden. I don't try to make it complex. I yeah. try to just keep it real simple. Beats, tell. rhymes, and a message. Yeah. And that's let, it. Let me ask. I, I forgot I to up. ask you. Go ahead, um, go ahead. Who did the beats on this on the vote on the new album? I want to say I yeah. made like eight of them. Oh, who? I'm sorry. Say it again. Yeah. I said I want to. I want to say I made eight of them. Okay. Oh, so mostly you. Yeah. Got wanna, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've been producing since the first Long yeah, yeah. Callis album. Okay. But I wasn't it's, sure. It's, I, you, I thought you, so, but I wasn't sure. I wanted to verify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I made. I made. Uh, yeah, I want to say I made eight of them. Uh, shout out to my man John Lane. He made the beat for DC Connection. I made the intro to that. Yeah. And my man L. Who? Not L. Is it LF Days? Who? Uh, oh no, Vinyl Frontiers. Shout out to Vinyl Frontiers from the Netherlands. They actually produced some songs for at Redman last year. And Redman did that three piece album or whatever they. Mm. Did. I believe they did some beats on that. But uh, yeah, Vinyl Frontiers. So I had two producers at Vinyl Front. Oh. And my sissy Georgia and Modro. I'm sorry, oh, Georgia did a beat. Which Georgia beat was and. that? Yeah, so it was me and Vinyl Frontiers, Georgia and Modro, and my man John Lang. Yep, yep. Because yep. I just got a new keyboard, and so I got to play a lot of the strings on this album and a lot of different uh, moods and synthesizers, and especially on Karen, I got to got to, got to do that a lot on that. So that mm-hmm. felt good. Which beat did Georgia do? She made nigger with a with head cracking oh, blue on it. Okay, with blue on it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, man. There's there's some themes on this. I know you. I know it's nothing like the Black Revolution album, but this stuff. Yeah. Hey, listen. Yeah. 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 Definitely, man. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Sans, I thank you again for taking the time, man. The project no is really problem. dope, man. I, I I hope that people 
that listens to this show, if they're not familiar with the project, they go check out the project. Is it available? Um, I know it's available on digital streaming platforms. It is. Is it available on Bandcamp? Like or like where people yeah, can actually I, purchase it if they want? Yeah, to? I just put it on. I, I just put it on Bandcamp. Okay, and that, that's really the only place. I mean, I'm sure there's probably ten places I'm slipping on, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah I, I got it on Bandcamp. Then the rest are like the regular sites, PayPal. I mean, not PayPal, but. Uh, <laughs> my mind at and <laughs> no, no, iTunes I, I and Spotify and all that. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. So, yep, yep, that project is out. It's like about 10 tracks, I think. It's not like that long. But it, nah, it, it gets nah, straight nah. to the point. It just, it yeah, can go yeah, well, in. Well, yeah. well, that's the thing I've been hearing, like, like uh, on Twitter, people are like, uh, you know, they, they want songs with two verses now because three verses, you know, you know, the side people can pay attention, attention span now. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah. So people are like, yeah. I can't even listen to a song with three verses no more. I need two verse songs and all this and that. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, there's man, people that but, still value that, you know, there's people that still value that. But um, yeah, the ego, yeah. the ego in me says, man, go ahead and do that third verse. But sometimes the realist in me says, man, nobody listen to the third verse. Man, just put them two yeah. on it and be out of here. You gotta have a place of balance, you know. Like you know, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. you know, you you know, maybe a couple tracks you do like that, and another set of tracks you do like that, and you know, hopefully that's comfortable for you. <laughs> yeah, but thank you so much again, man. I wish you all the man, best. Continue success, man. Um, Definitely gonna be looking for new, you know, new work from you. I know you didn't anticipate putting out a project this year, but I'm glad that you nah. did. And I mean, the Black Revolution project is still out there for people to really yes, listen sir. to yes, and take. Yes, sir. And, and yeah. first verse and Mr. Sands and like I said, Jay Sands got about about eight eight six albums out yes. there. Eight six yes. albums out there in Long Callis. Uh, the last song we put out was 2017 Culture, which is a very good album culture uh you got a nice song with great nice uh and yeah man yeah yep 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 so yeah definitely uh, and as long as i'm breathing i feel like i'm gonna be making hip-hop man wow i forgot to ask you what's the status of lone catalyst today like um that was something i wanted to come back to like i, I don't think there's in i mean it might be i i think lone catalyst is done as far as like music you know what i mean like like jay rawls is a doctor teaches in college uh he's heavy on education and and, and and i'm i'm actually like i said i like making beats so it's like you know what i mean like it's just you know we had a nice six album run i think that's where it's gonna stay you know what i'm saying maybe, maybe i'd be uh what they call that uh uh, we have six albums, collector set, and all that stuff. But as far oh, yeah. as new music, who knows? Who knows? But it's just you know, positions change, and yeah. you know, I like making beats. Uh, like I always told Jay, man, let me make the beats and you rhyme. Because Jay Rawls, was a, when I first met Jay Rawls, he was a rapper. So okay, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all yeah. could do a Jay Lib. Y'all could do another, a Jay Lib version. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We, we we thought about it, but it's just it's not the same energy yeah, yeah, like being being in college together, driving to New York together. Like I said, I live in Baltimore. You live in Columbus, Ohio. Now right, we might right. talk two, three times a year, if that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just a, it's just different, man. You know, like the dudes I was hanging around with in the '90s. Shoot, I you know I might talk to two of them this year. You know what I mean? You know, so it's just just different diff, different times, man. You know, but it was definitely a good thing when it was rolling. Definitely. Yo, shout out to Jay Rawls, man. I, I, I definitely, man. Brown skin lady. Brown skin lady. That's what's up, man. Yo, Jay Sands, thank you again, man. Um, 
I just want to say to all of our listeners, definitely continue to check out our shows. Every Friday, we release a new episode. This one, as you're hearing it now, I'm sure you're checking it out. But, um, you know, always go to our website, outtheboxmedia.com, and, uh, you know, keep connected for, like, new episodes. You know, make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you could... um, keep updated with everything we're doing and and again our t-shirt site which is outtheboxmedia.bigcartel.com all right so on that note i thank you again and i just want to say peace love and light to the people out there stay safe stay healthy peace peace